for this time of year, it's usually what is like thirty five degrees today. Yeah, pretty much humid as hell. Oh, nice, dude. Right. Yeah, is it still? You guys are American, though, right? You're with Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're. Uh, I don't in... know what that would be in Fahrenheit, but. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's fine, man. We we live in Southern California where the temperatures always suck, so. That's sick. Where, where exactly? Uh, uh, SoCal around Los Angeles, probably 30 minutes outside LA. Roughly Orange County. Orange County. Orange County, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, cool. Guys, thanks so much for uh, joining us for a little chat here. Let me... Thanks for having us, dudes. Yeah, hey, we're we're fans, man. We 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 like what you guys are doing. Thanks, it's awesome. Um, all right, cool. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a quick intro, and then we'll uh, we'll just dive right into it. Totally. All right, that's going. That's going. All right, cool. Hold up one second. Okay. Clouds, cloudy. Shout. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> <What a shout. laughs> All right, cool. Hey guys, welcome back to Topic Ocalypse, the only podcast on the internet. Uh, don't bother researching that because it is one hundred percent true, right, Justin? It's it's not true. It's, it's not. It's true mostly at all. true. I mean, it's mostly we'll true. talk about it. Um, Joe Rogan actually stole the idea from us, so there's yeah. that. I hate that guy. He's he's. Joe Rogan's awesome. He is. He's a he's a genius. See uh, that? See how that works? Like every time I hate somebody on a podcast, and the other people. Yeah. Let me <laughs> let me just ask. <laughs> let me just ask you guys something real quick. Are you Under Oath fans? Yeah, but totally. What type of Under Oath are we talking? Okay. Wait. Are you new Under Oath? Like their recently released album that, or yeah, their their newest album that sucks. It's called, called Erase Me, right? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, that, that album with all those songs on it, yeah. I only heard the first single. Yeah. What do you feel it's about it? It's a little bad rocky, but yeah. It's... Uh, I haven't listened to the record, though, so... I mean, I, I, I could never bang... I could never bash a band like that for just keep doing it, because eventually you just get to a point where you're like, what else do we do here, guys? Like, what else do we do with our lives? And I guess they just keep doing it you know yeah. but it's not my thing i'm not gonna listen to it but there we go see the last band we we interviewed i definitely was like oh yeah i think that the new under Oath album is awful and all five of them had under Oath tattoos <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah they, they were like rolling under- up their sleeves i thought they wanted to fight but they were just showing <laughs> yeah. us their tattoos well, i guess they got those tattoos for that record yeah exactly so they don't necessarily have to stand up for that record yeah that was our hope you never know though fresh ink somebody pulls off the band they're like check it out it's all like infected and red it's it's still green (laughs) um no i mean we don't dislike well i mean i guess justin does i I, like under i love under oath up until define the great line and then anything after that to me is just Meh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because I I saw I saw Define the Great Line live, and then I went and saw the um, when they released the album after that, and it was just it wasn't a good show. They're only right. chasing safety before Define the Great Line. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was really just into those two records. I kind of started listening to other shit after that. 
yeah. See, those yeah. those were the Under Earth albums. Uh, yeah, that was that, that was a real. Knows. I I still listen to that CD. It's, yeah. it's super oh, no. good. We're uh, all on the same page, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not <laughs> awkward. All right, cool. Well, let me uh, finish the introduction here. My name's Josh. This is Justin, and we are joined here by the band Mayfield. What's up, guys? Make sure a couple you... lads from Mayfield yeah. at least. A couple lads from Mayfield. <laughs> Zach. Make sure you get their names because you never get their names. Well, they were talking yeah, and then you sorry. just kind of talked over them. Sorry, guys. You can hate me. That's, that's all right, gents. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. So, names. What, what, where were we? I uh, play guitar and vocals in the band. He plays vocals. Yeah, I play vocals. You play, <laughs> play vocals. vocals. That's yep. interesting. Yeah. A lot of tapping on the, the larynx. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you a voice sometime. Okay. Uh, my name's Zane. I play drums. Yeah, we we all a lot of us live together. Bass players chilling over there. He's making dinner. He's making dinner. He's making it. What's, what's he making? Eggs and toast. He really just eats breakfast always. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there ever a bad time for breakfast? Oh uh, no, no. It's the most important meal of the day at all times of the day. At all times, yeah. I feel like like breakfast is a stereotype. Like you can only have bacon and eggs and pancakes before the hours of 10 and if you have it after that people are always look at you like what the hell is the matter with you why are you doing this what a shit I yeah know. what a shit well breakfast is just a lie to begin with but we don't we don't have to get into that yeah <laughs> but mcdonald's I, acknowledges it all day long now so if mcdonald's acknowledges it then i acknowledge it, it. must be true they're the standard <laughs> they, they are the standard yeah it's golden standard <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, tell tell me about the band. Tell me about Mayfield. How'd you guys get together? Um, did you always start out in the genre you were in? What's what's what did the fans need to know? Um, well, I guess I'll start that one off. Um, I was in university at the time taking music, uh, and then realized that damn, I don't want to be a music teacher. I just want to play in a band. And uh, so I started to get a hold of some friends that used to jam with. I was always kind of jamming with a couple of the boys, Brad, uh, the bass player. Uh, him and I just started writing some tunes uh, similar to the stuff that we used to make. We used to play like heavier metal sort of stuff. Uh, we always kind of wanted to play something a little lighter with clean vocals and kind of, you know, start to mix mix genres a little bit. Uh, anyways, uh, we were jamming. We got a hold of a couple of the other guys that we used to jam with. Uh, and then we needed a drummer. And I got in contact with uh, a girl who I actually went to school with at the time who was telling me about Zane. Um, so I'll let you take it from there. Because oh, that was back in the safekeeping days. Totally. At that point. Yeah. Like I knew like all the dudes that are in Mayfield, but I wasn't really friends with any of them. Like we all went to the same high school, but I'm younger. And I knew Brad since we were children, but we were never like very good friends. But he asked me when, I guess it was 2013. Yeah. Hey, Brad. Awesome. He just asked me if I want to play drums in a band uh, like It Prevails, and that was like my favorite band at the time. I'm like, shit, I could do that. I didn't play drums in a, a couple of years, so started jamming with them, and yeah, that was 2013. It was pretty slow going, like being 2018 now, it's five years, but we didn't really start, I guess, taking it very seriously until the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, I guess, years where time kind of flew by and we were just dicking around and having fun. And then eventually we're like, all right, let's make, try to make something out of it. Is that when the uh, the EP came about? Our first EP we did um, in Ottawa. When was that? 2014, I want to say. So that was soon after we started. Uh, once we got the first five songs that we, five or six songs on that, 
on Let It Be Known was uh, five songs, yeah. I think. So once we got the first kind of five songs we were happy with, we just tracked them with a guy in Ottawa, and that was a blast. Um, uh, and then after that, uh, we, you know, we were still kind of taking it pretty slow, I would say, for then until we did our last EP, uh, which we went to California to do with uh, Sam Pura at the Panda Studios. Um, and that was quite an adventure. Um, that was in 2015. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was an adventure. Um, an adventure. Yeah, we, we learned a lot. Um, but a little naive going into it, you know. It's pretty exciting. We just got an email one day just being like, hey, do you guys want to work with us in uh, at the Panda Studios? And we actually had already made a deposit at the time. Actually, no, we didn't make a deposit. It was the we were day going we were to make the deposit <laughs> that day. That day with the guy who we actually did our most recent recording with that we haven't released yet that actually with Blossom, uh, Sam Guyana from Toronto. He he actually did our most recent stuff that we haven't released, um, but we actually had a deposit. Like, well, we were about to put a deposit down with him. We had everything set up, and then we got this email from uh, the manager at the Panda Studios saying, "Hey, do you want to come down and work with us?" And we we're like, "Okay, pump the brakes. This is a little weird that we kind of got this. You know, should we take it? Should we talk to Sam? Sam Guyana? That is, it's confusing. Two Sam's. Sam Guyana and Sam Pura. Sa- okay, I thought there was a Sam and a Diana, and that was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no no one named Diana. No Diana. All right, all right. But uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, we just thought it was kind of a weird coincidence that it uh, kind of happened the day we were supposed to make the deposit. We talked to the guy who we were supposed to do it with, uh, Sam Diana, and uh, he was like, "Man, go if you guys want to go, go and do it." Like he was super chill. He's like, you know, it, I, he's worked with Sam Pira in the past. He's like, it's a "Cool dude, you know, go do it. It'll be a good experience for your band." So we ended up doing that, um, and then fast forward until um the last year actually one year ago basically now um we did our we went back to to sam g the guy who we were supposed to go with in the first place to do hollow embrace and we uh we did our our newest stuff with him and we were a lot happy with it we kind of wish that we had done that all along i guess if we could go back and do it again we would have just went straight with sam from toronto um but you know live and learn 2020 yeah yeah well, okay, so you you said there's like something happened when you guys were recording over over here. What was there some some kind of strings attached to it? Not really strings attached. Um, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun, and uh, I would say fun first, record second, sort of thing. You know? Yeah. So we were there to have like we were just kind of having a good time, sort of thing, uh, and. Uh, the record just kind of wasn't it would like be super important and then it would be like all right we're not going to do anything today and then super important like got to get all this shit done and then it was just a weird kind of instead of like having a schedule every day we just got like blocks of it done you know it was just like on off on off on off and it was just it was kind of funny like that sam sam's a pure is a hilarious guy and he's a genius in his own way in his own right um but uh He's, uh, he's crazy kind of work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So how long did the process take to record the uh, Hollow Embrace? Uh, we were in uh, Fremont for two weeks. Um, so that was the recording process. Um, I guess the, the post-recording process was a ye- over a year. <laughs> oh, wow. And that was, uh, yeah. just the, that was like the frustrating time for our band. Yeah. Um, where it was pretty shaky for a while. 
a lot of stuff went down post recording that and before releasing it. And uh, we're definitely in some steadier waters now, but that was a, a tumultuous time. It's tough. Like you put a bunch of, like you put your heart into something and not just that, but like everybody's wallet and, you know, and when it's not, obviously like what you have in your head isn't what you see, like that's okay. But when it's like, when you're sending it to people and they're like, what the fuck happened here? You know what I mean? <laughs> you're like, okay, something's wrong. You know, like something's not right here. Uh, and that was like the post, uh, once, like when we were there, it was okay. But w- once we got home, uh, it was really tough. The communication, like we, in hindsight, we should have done so much more mixing when we were there. Right. When we could sit beside each other and be like, yo, what do you think? Blah, 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 go through it. And like really try and nail down tones and levels and stuff like that while you're there, do a little pre mix, try and get on the same page. But we were like trying to nail down stuff until the very last minute we left. So it didn't leave a lot of room to go back and listen to things and really mull things over. So when we got home, we're trying to do all that over like this, over the internet. And it's just tough when you're not beside somebody, right? And you're trying to describe to them, you're like, I don't know, man, I just can't hear anything. Like, (laughs) can you just make it better? Like, uh, anyways, it was, yeah, it was, it was tough uh, for, especially for the band too, you know, because you're trying to move forward as a band, trying to constantly, you know, get more shows, trying to tour, trying, et cetera. But we don't want to tour off shit we did two years ago. We don't even play it anymore, you know, like, like this shit's starting to get old, the stuff we recorded, you know, like, it's like, holy fuck, like we really got to get things going. So it's, it's tough as a band. And I think, uh, uh, Sam, the producer that we worked with, uh, for our last release, like he really understands that he really understands how important it is to a band to really not only have that piece be like very, very, uh, like they're involved in it just as much as you are very heartfelt, but actually get it back to them very, very fast, very professional, you know what I mean? Bang, bang, bang it out because, or else not, it just sticks a stake through our through our spokes, you know? Like, and we just have to stop as a band until you get that, you know? Yeah, and that, that's good. You guys pursue the vision that you have. So, like, how how quickly, I guess, or did that... Let me rephrase the question because I forgot it. Um, going back to that, how, <laughs> how quickly was it, like, something where you guys were just like, hey... Um, you know, did you guys try to clean it up or did you, I don't know why I keep with my yeah. hand. For Hollow Embrace? Yeah. Or did you guys like stop, you know, stop passing out, just decide to move forward without it? Uh, well, their manager was with us through Thick and Thin. Their manager was dope. Yeah. The, the guy that invited us to Panda Studios, uh, his name's uh, Johnny. He uh, definitely was by our side through the whole process. Um there wasn't like too much he could really do, but eventually the conclusion was that we had to um, pay. There's a guy named Dan Bronstein. Yeah. Uh, he works in LA. Um, he's a producer and a like a mixing and mastering engineer. We had to pay him to reamp the whole record, all the guitars, and remix it. Did, uh, did they send you guys the stems, or did you have to re-record everything? No, we had we had all the stems and stuff like that. Johnny took care of all that, so he made sure that he had everything. And Johnny actually like supplemented the mix uh, for Dan, so it didn't cost us like as much. Kind of like took some of the money that we had paid to get it mixed at Panda and kind of bumped it over. I mean, it wasn't actual money; it basically came out of his pocket. Like he was, he's a solid dude. He just wanted us to get get it done. You know, it lasted so long. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, you can 
you know, you can draw your own conclusions as to why we had to pay someone to, to do that. But, you know, it's, it's behind us and we're, I think we're a lot, lot happier with our newer stuff. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of that, I listened to your a couple of your newer songs. I I, I like them. Like they're, it feels like there's. It's like you guys are on a whole another level from Hollow Embrace. Is there a plan to release an album like a full length one? I mean, it's kind of something that we're we're sitting on right now. It's something that we're trying to uh, figure out what is the best kind of approach for us to do, sort of thing. Um, you know, because everything matters these days like how you approach your releases is always super important so um we're trying to do it systematically and to try and uh make sure that we're giving ourselves like the best opportunity to kind of progress as a band so we definitely intend on on releasing something as soon as possible but with that kind of in mind um it's we don't have any set time as to like when that will be sort of thing like we don't feel as pressured to do it because you know we can run off of some of the singles and you know work on shooting music videos and stuff like that like there's still a lot of a lot of stuff to do behind the scenes sort of thing yeah yeah so it'll happen when it happens yeah totally but um the sooner the sooner the better obviously um but you know we just released blossom recently um so that's one of the tracks that we did with sam uh sam guy from toronto um and, uh, you know, we, we will intend on, on releasing some more soon, uh, whether how many we release before we drop anything, we don't know, you know, it's just kind of all go with the flow sort of thing. Like see how people are kind of tri- yeah. trickle it out. Yeah, there. Like, we got a huge game plan in terms of like when stuff's being released, but we knew it could potentially be a while. So we wanted to at least get one song out there. So we could, I, I guess, in a way, like just stay relevant, but also um, just kind of give people a bit of a, a clue as to what they can expect mm-hmm. in the future. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's good. Yeah. Just take. Hey, the, the new music's good. Like Blossom, I noticed was a. Uh, you guys had more clean vocals, but it also felt a lot heavier. Was that on purpose? Yeah, uh, I would say Sam. That was one of Sam's biggest tracks i want to say i I want to say that's one of sam's biggest tracks where uh we had the idea for that track down um that was another thing that was great with working with sam is that like when we went to cali we kind of like came with the songs and we recorded those songs you know it was just like here's the songs you wrote and it's like okay cool if those are cool let's record them and they're like well what do you think and it's just kind of like well they're your songs but we wanted that hands-on stuff, especially with some like our, our newer stuff and Sam Guyana in Toronto. Um, when we went there, we had, I want three days of pre-pro at least, uh, where we just sat down and just tore them apart. Right. And he just really got his hands in there and was like, okay, this is what you guys are good at. He's not too, he wasn't too handsy. He wasn't like, all right, this is what you guys are going to be. Right. But like he worked with us. He didn't like tell us what to do, but we were constantly asking for his recommendations. He's constantly being like, all right, you know, like this part of the song has a lot of gravity to it. You know, like I want to bring this part back. Like that was part of something that we've done in the past as a band is we've been a little more progressive, like with our music writing, you know, like no part, no choruses really like one chorus, maybe two choruses. Um, And not just choruses, but like verses being the same, progressions you know what i mean like in the past we've just been like just 
ripping, just trying to write riffs, you know. Um, and Sam was more, uh, he still wanted us to write riffs, but he, he's trying to help us balance that and try and really sculpt our songwriting and to be something that's more, uh, that has more gravity to it, that somebody can really, that has that re-listen value. So he just he was trying to keep the vision intact, but at the same time, kind of lead you guys forward to uh, what what he thought was going to be a make it successful. Yeah, totally. Um, without giving like not too much away, like we noticed that off of Hollow Embrace, like our most successful song by far was "I Owe You Everything," and we tried to kind of take the elements from that song that people really enjoyed, and we figured people wanted more of that, so we thought that was like the appropriate route to take. And we liked it too, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like we, (laughs) well, good, good. (laughs) It wasn't like, we're just like, ah, I guess this is what people want to hear. So that's what we're going to have to play sort of thing. But like, it it wasn't always a part of the band that we all liked. Like we always liked the kind of clean vocals. Um, But uh, I don't really know why we were so afraid of them. I guess we didn't want to be Jekyll and Heidi. That was always a big Thing for us that kind of scared the shit out of us we really didn't want to be one of those bands which is like the super heavy like verses and verses and breakdowns and then the choruses come in and just like nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> none of that that's like the worst like you know that so was, i guess that for was... that reason it, it takes a little bit more effort to write a song that does have a clean chorus and doesn't have a clean verse and try and really mix those elements properly and not just smash them against each other right that was kind of like early uh early 2000s back when like the, this type of music was sort of new you you hear a lot of like what you guys are talking about the, the really like high-pitched clean vocals and it is yeah. so formulaic <laughs> yeah exactly. maybe a nice like synth lead over the chorus you know <laughs> and everything was hawthorne heights <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, I re- I really felt the um the build from I owe you everything to to blossom. It kind of like I think going from uh, those are the only two songs that were on my YouTube play, but going from <laughs> I know going from that to blossom, it was actually I was like, oh, this is sweet. Blossom hooked me. I ended up listening to like three or four five times with him. Thanks, bro. Awesome. You know? Thanks, dude. But um, going back to I owe you everything, uh, I really felt that um, that there's like oh. some what what happened. We're getting some uh, the, the feeds feedback. Cutting in you got, and out. Oh, okay, you got me. We're getting clogged up. Yeah, yeah the, the it's getting pixely. It's getting a little choppy. That's so, the that's the problem with Google Play. I know Google Hangouts yeah. does that. How we how we doing now? We good? It's it's better now. Starting sure. to sort okay. out. All right. I guess I felt the emotion behind "I owe you everything," and I was just wondering, like, where the meaning or the lyrics came from for that song. Um, cut out at the last second, but I think I got you. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he was asking uh, what um, I owe you everything yeah. means. No, we'll we, make you do, ask the question again. I mean, I could ask it again <laughs> if you want to. I felt the emotion behind I owe you everything, and I was wondering what the meaning or what the you know the song meant to you in that sense. That was actually word for word. He went er and uh in the middle of the last <laughs> yeah. one, too. Yeah. Well, well, we, we can hear it over line yeah. for line there. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's good. I'll, yeah, I'll say it a third time. Uh, I, I wrote the lyrics to that song, um, uh, not all of them, but the hook and the verses and stuff. Um, Patty and I like to uh, do that often, where we just bounce stuff off of each other. Um, 
and Zane actually writes most of our clean melodies because like I just write like three notes and it gets boring as hell. So he writes a lot of other music that's more uh, has more depth in terms of clean. So he kind of can bring that to the table. Um, but when we wrote, when I wrote I Owe You Everything, it was it's about my family. And it's just about, uh, I, you know, I've been very fortunate to have a really good upbringing and uh, just have like a very tightly knit family um, where, you know, we have that kind of support system, just people to kind of, especially being in a band, you know, having people to come home to and, you know, um, just kind of keep you moving forward. That's cool, too, because it kind of shows that. You know, you hear a lot of people in bands have, you know, some kind of dysfunction in their past and their family or they have like daddy issues or something. And that's what like drives the music forward. But it's cool to see that even somebody with a normal upbringing can still make, you know, good music. Totally. Yeah, man. I really appreciate that. That's yeah, that's basically the idea behind it is just, you know, just, you know, be thankful, I guess, for what you got. If you if you got it and, you know, just I'm sure you got something and just be thankful for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's why I loved it. It's something where I was like, "Hey, man, I could relate to this song," you know, uh, for sure. Well, that yeah. Is... Oh, sorry. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, you can't. You know, people can write about whatever they want. So, uh, oh, I, my train of thought just completely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's so gone. I, I totally forgot. What I'm Anyways, hey, do you want us to pause? And... <laughs> oh, dude, that's cool. <laughs> Do that pretty often, so I'll just I'll say a couple words and then I'll just draw a blank. So sounds well, good. Just, well, if you if you in. reel it back in, feel free to interrupt Justin. I'll, yeah. just, I'll scream out what I was thinking, <laughs> even if it's ten minutes or not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that sounds good. That's cool. We'll turn it into a song. Uh, well, while we're on themes of music, so I noticed that there are a few prevalent themes in your music. I'm just gonna throw some some things out here, okay, and tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay. Uh, okay. There's the theme of like failed or uncertain love, uh, sort of coming of age stories in the lyrics and depression. Am I close? Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of it. Um, I would say, I, as as another one, just um, just kind of everything to do with kind of bringing things back down to the basics. You know, just like not trying trying not to overcomplicate everything in life. You know, um, that's that's kind of a big theme for us too. just trying to stay grounded, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And like a lot of it, too, I, I noticed in the songs, you kind of like start out with uh, an idea and then you unravel the idea you, or even like in the form of unraveling a person's mindset. And it's, you know, it's really cool to read some of your guys' lyrics. Thanks, dude. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure Patty would be humbled by that. Um, he has a very he, he writes a lot of different styles of music too. He draws from tons of different in influences. Um, I don't write most of the lyrics. It just happens to be, I, the songs that I did write more of were Blossom, Now I Owe You Everything, but that's because I did a lot of the clean vocals on them. So I kind of write that and then bounce it to Patty and Patty writes his parts, etc. But for all the other tracks, he, uh, he, he, all the credit to him um, but he, he does a lot of poetry like he writes a lot of um, just kind of freehand stuff he's always been like that uh, kind of creative type of mind he does like crazy weird doodle arts and, and stuff he's just kind of always got something out there you know he's got that, very good style yeah yeah and that's cool too because I know like when you're creative or even like doodle drawings lyrics whatever like it 
you experience a certain amount of like vulnerability when you're putting all that stuff out there. And like, that's, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's courageous, but it's also like, it's, I guess it, it helps too, like with, uh, you know, whatever he, he might be going through at the time. Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, what, so what, what are your guys' influences in the music? Like what, what other bands did you guys come up with and kind of, uh, helped shape the kind of music you wanted to make? What would you say recently? It's hard for me to say, cause like, uh, you know, I'm only writing drum parts. Like I'll, I'll, like Zach said, I write a lot of, uh, of like the melodies for the clean vocals, but I don't write the lyrics. So, I mean, there's not like I, for influences in terms of drumming. Um, I really like that. Like my three favorite drummers are probably or records for drums. I like like all the 1975 stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard them. Yeah. George Daniel is like. Insane drummer, and then there's uh, a band called Crooks from the UK. Yes, you know yeah, they're uh, they're popular over here too. They play them on the radio a lot. Oh, really? Yeah, all, all the time. <laughs> so they had a, a full length. Uh, are we the same? Are we all the same distance apart? And the drums on that CD are like just insane. fucked. Like I've never heard anything like that. So I can't drum that well, clearly. But I like to <laughs> listen to some weird shit he does and try to draw from that. And then. Uh, uh, the uh, one record in particular from Counterparts, uh, Tragedy Will Find Us. I really like the style of drums because I know they go through a lot of drummers. So um, I think Changes it was like, since they go. So yeah. Fun. Kelly, I think, did that record and I really, really like the drums there. But yeah, in terms of like writing, I don't really write. So I shouldn't really be talking about influences because fuck what I think. Hey, no, man. I mean, you could have you could have spat some stuff out there. We probably would have believed you. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Just, like, oh yeah, cool, man. Justin plays bass, so nobody really cares about what he's doing. Uh, but no, I'm just <laughs> I mean, I write most. Of, usually, the writing for the instruments, at least, just usually starts with me ripping on a guitar. Um, uh, and in, in the past, it's been you guys know Napoleon. No, are they? What kind of music are they? Oh, uh, they're like. They're a lot of hardcore, but they're just technical as shit. Just the riffiest stuff. Either. A lot of, of two-hand tapping stuff and just uh, very, uh, very talented um, guitar player in that band. Uh, so I've used, I draw a lot of influence from him. It kind of changes as you go. You know what I mean? Like you'll find yourself being like super into uh, one record and then like you'll write a couple songs while you're listening to that. And then like you'll move on to other types of music and you'll just kind of write a few different songs that kind of draw from that. And I think that's kind of what's cool about being in a band is like, as your other people are releasing music and influencing your music at the same time, it's kind of like this duality, you know, where you're all kind of like the, that, that music, that scene that people are like listening to each other's music, you know, like you're almost bouncing ideas off of each other in a very strange way. Like indirectly. No, that's, that's cool. Cause I mean, it, it also like helps you kind of capture a moment in time, like how you're feeling when you're writing, writing a certain song or something like oh, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So I have a weird question for you guys. When you look up Mayfield on iTunes, there's you guys, there's a soul singer and there's a rap group. Do you ever have like, <laughs> there's, a rap, group? there's yeah. a rap group? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's pretty weird. But uh, do you guys ever have people like expecting you guys to be playing a certain type of music and it's just not what they thought it was? Oh, I don't know. We, sometimes we'll get tagged in events. It's like a jazz festival. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but we're not playing any jazz festivals anytime soon. So you guys, other than that, I mean, I guess yeah, they're in such different like spaces of like music. So I guess like in terms of like groups on the internet, that I think they don't really get the confusion doesn't really get crossover. Like, say there was a band called Mayfield that maybe played like heavy rock or something. There might be more confusion, but I think since those those bands are so like on the other uh, side of like genres that we don't really get I think, mixed up with them. I think we're the safest out of the three. I think the hip hop group and the soul group have probably, you know. Yeah, they probably. <laughs> <laughs> you'll let them duke it out and then you'll just be yeah. the victor in the end. Yeah. It's it's funny because the last band we did was a one letter difference. So if you type in like it was Young Ghost and if you type in Young Ghost, then all of a sudden you have this like totally like hardcore like rap group come out oh it's just the plural on ghosts yeah it's yeah. just the one the one letter and all of a sudden you either get their band or you get this really hardcore like you know um gangster rap yeah <laughs> what music did they play though uh they're metal metal core okay well at least it's both some sort of core <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's just funny because i got i got chris uh chris mayfield when i looked you guys up the first time on uh, oh, totally. spotify, yeah, spotify or something like that yeah there's a lot of singers who's n- not even just groups called mayfield but just people whose last names are mayfield oh yeah the, that so just... many s- secondary schools and old age homes it's probably where i got the band name from <laughs> oh, yeah that was actually gonna be my, me- my next question was that like a place you guys grew up or passed driving one day or something no no is there no. even any where around here with anything called Mayfield? The closest one was Boys in FC had one of them went to Mayfield Secondary School. Oh, really? High school. Oh, uh, shit. That's probably in the GTA. So somewhere around Toronto, there's a high school named Mayfield. That's the closest thing to here, but it's got God's dick to do with us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So I, I came across your guys' music while listening to the Dreambound channel on YouTube. Um, do you guys get a lot of fan base from that? Oh, definitely. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I think any band in our genre, that, that's like a saving grace for them. It's just like, it's such a cool community. And if you're lucky enough for Manny, like I I talked to Manny quite a bit, the guy that runs it. If you're lucky enough for him to like your band, like, I don't know, that you can't really pay for that kind of publicity, you know? Yeah. Uh, playing in the, this genre, it's just, it's like the perfect place to be, you know? Yeah, yeah, because they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of really good uh, stuff on there, and it's all it's all very it's it's it makes you feel things, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, totally. It's very emotional. All of his all of his bands on there, for the most part, at least. Um, it seems like every video that has a girl in it, it does like super awesome though. So there's a lot of there's a lot of sausages in those subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, even when we first started out as a band. Um, uh, it used to be called Faith, Faith Love Hope way back in the day, way back when, uh, when we first started the band. And there was maybe a dozen bands that he had on there when we first started. And I remember thinking like, damn, like, because I was getting influenced by these guys and just thinking like, damn, like, this is where I want to be, you know, in a couple of years, like have a band and we can be on this channel. And actually, by the time it came around, uh, he had moved on to, uh, it was now Dreambound at that I point. I think when we we uh, one of the songs from our first EP, Let It Be Known, was called Wide Awake, and we had a 
really funny. Oh shit! It was on Face Love Hope. We had a really funny music video for that song, and it was on, it was on <laughs> it was called Face yeah. Love Hope at that point. It was. You're right. I remember was, the logo. Yeah. 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 That's right. But what I think there was a pretty long gap between that song and then the next uh, thing we ever put out was mm-hmm. I owe you everything. Yeah. And I think by that time he was called Dream Down. Pretty mm-hmm. sure. Uh, so you guys did something before Hollow Embrace. How is there? How do you find that album? Is that up on iTunes or going to be? Or <laughs> you're gonna have to well, dig okay. through. We are triumphant. Do you oh. know that label? Digging up the grave. No. Do you know the label? We are triumphant. You haven't heard of that? Recently? No. Is that who you guys were with before? Well, we put out. We put that out independently, and then we got signed to We Are Triumphant, and then they were gonna re-release it for us. They did. Which, oh, sorry, they did re-release yeah. it for us, and then we left that label. Immediately. Uh, but now they own the rights <laughs> to it. So, uh, fuck, I don't know where you can find it. Bank, I think it's probably on, on Spotify, but you probably have to search like the record name because it's not associated to our group. Yeah, we. It's what not on. Our, it's not on our Spotify. Oh, you're still here. Um, <laughs> is it on YouTube? Yeah. Oh shit. It actually if you type, it's called it's called Let It Be Known. So if you type in Mayfield Let It Be Known into Google, you should find it somewhere. Like yeah. it might be on the Weird Triumphant. Bandcamp page. Okay. It's probably on iTunes, but it's not under our artist name. All right, I'll check that out with uh, Napoleon after uh, yeah, we're done talking. I think actually, the if you type in Mayfield Wide Awake on YouTube, I think that first music video is still on Dreambound from like five years ago. I'm sure that. I think so. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, okay. So, what was I saying? Um, so I remember hearing uh, "I Owe You Everything" and like you guys. I know in your music you kind of capture like the nostalgia of uh, early two thousand screamo, but you still bring something like different to it. Uh, when you guys was that the 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 intent altogether, or, or all along, or did, when you guys just got together, is that just what happened? I think that's kind of was a big thing for us. Hey, Brad can chime in almost on this one. Brad, when, when Brad and I were were writing a lot of that stuff, we. Uh, that was a big thing for us was uh, actually just like that early kind of sound. And uh, we were trying to grab that and mix it with something new. So it was definitely done intentionally. Uh, I wouldn't say that it was something that just kind of happened by accident. I think we were trying to kind of revitalize that kind of sound because it was being done by other bands. Um, and uh, we wanted to kind of bring that forward. Uh, that's, yeah, it was definitely done on purpose, I'd say. Hey, well, we we like it. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, so for for a, a bit of time, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but it felt like the genres of like melodic hardcore, screamo, metalcore, things like that, they're starting to fade out a bit. Uh, and you know, the you heard less of that and more like uh, folk, EDC, and pop music. But it seems like now there's this renaissance going on of like amazing bands and they're breathing life, like you guys breathing life back into these genres. Uh, and even older bands are starting to make comebacks. You, know, you have uh, Under Oath, Hopes Fall, Thrice, to name a few. Do you guys feel like that's helping you gain a following? Probably. Everything trickles down. Everything trickles down, you know. So yeah. with those old timers going back at it, it, it certainly helps us. I wouldn't be naive enough to think that it doesn't. Um, I wouldn't say that, that it, it, it might be coincidence almost that kind of they're going back at it at the same time that we were, because we were, trying to be, been doing this for the last five years. I don't think there was a lot of bands kind of, that was kind of a quiet time almost. And like you said, like 
a bit of a, a lull for that when we first started writing. But yeah, definitely you've seen a lot of bands kind of come back. Uh, I would definitely think that it would it would influence that and I guess hopefully uh, kind of trickle down. Yeah, yeah. Because, I, I mean, even bands that, the ones that didn't take a break, the ones that kind of stuck it out through all those years, uh, you know, Hawthorne Heights is a good example, uh, Story of the Year. They have, uh, they're not doing screamo stuff anymore. Anything with like uh, hard vocals, it's all like super yeah. soft, like punky sounding stuff. Totally. So the so Canada, what what's the music scene out there like for you guys? Do you have a hard time booking shows, or are there a lot of bands like you who you can just kind of tour around with? It's pretty tough. Yeah, it's not great. Like it's just very spread out, you know. Like in terms of major cities, like yeah, for we, we're, I mean, we could be in a way, way worse place in Canada yeah. to be as a band. Like we're pretty lucky to be from Ottawa. Like we can get into New York State in like an hour. Yeah. Okay. Not in the good, not in the good part of the New York State. <laughs> well, so pretty far. <laughs> the beautiful camping yeah. spot. Yeah, if you exactly. want to go camping, we can get there right quick. Which <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, in terms of major cities, like Montreal is two hours from us, which okay. a lot of tour bands will go to if they go to Canada. Toronto is like four and a half hours from us. Um, so when you do like a, if we do an Ontario tour, which is the province we're from, there's not that many places to play. So you end up playing a lot of um, just like little towns and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you don't have a lot of major cities to choose from. Like we did last summer, we did a, a tour all the way out east to Nova Scotia um, with a band called Sleep Shaker that are from. Have you heard of them? They're on Dream Band as well. Sleep Shaker, no. Write that down. Oh, write it down. Write it down. Yep. Thank you. you. They have a pretty big video on Dream Band, so you might you might have seen it. But uh, so we drove. How far? How many kilometers? It's like two thousand kilometers or something. Eh? The fucking Halifax. Uh-huh. Anyways, so yeah, we drove like that on that tour. We we covered like forty five hundred kilometers and only played four cities. <laughs> four cities. <laughs> the tour was like twelve days, but like most of those shows were in Ontario. Yeah. And so yeah, you got you got to go really far to play a lot of cities. That is why uh, we'll be going to the states very very shortly. You know, because hey, well, when you guys get here, let us know, man. We'll uh, we'll do a little promotion for you. Oh yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, California is pretty far from us, you know, so that'll be probably the last stop. <laughs> <laughs> you fly home from here. <laughs> What's that? So you can fly home from here? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. If our van explodes, which it probably would. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're going to start small, and then hopefully we can work our way all the way out there, which would be sweet. Like, we, we when we went to California, we did fly there yeah. when we recorded. No way we were driving there. Yeah, well, that's a that's a really long drive because you're because you'd have to come you come down into uh, what you said New York and then you'd have to go all the way across the country to get here. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. That's intense, man. Uh, so, like w- your shows, though, do you do a lot of people go out to see it, or are you just playing to like the local crowds, or how does how does that work? Well, Ottawa, we're pretty we're pretty lucky with Ottawa. Recently, uh, when we first started as a band, it was kind of. Uh, it was tough. Um, we had a couple homies that were doing doing the doing their thing, and they were doing really well. Um, but kind of as time has gone, it's actually we've actually been lucky enough to see uh, some growth with the underground scene around here. Um, a lot of bands to be thankful for that uh, that have been doing a good job. 
and uh, especially to uh, this uh, this venue. I guess you could don't really want to call it a venue. It's a it's a house venue. It's a bunch of boys that live in a house that are somewhat how somehow uh, able to throw shows and not lose their fucking minds. Jeez. Uh, they've been doing it for years, and uh, you know we owe a lot to those guys. Um, so, because, you know, it's just so much more fun when you can go to somebody's house and like just house shows are just awesome, you know? Yeah. And that, that has been a huge impact on, uh, on people coming, not only to our shows, but, uh, like, cause you can, you can book a show there and people will show up, like whether they know the bands or not, and they'll, they'll be happy to be there, you know, like they'll actually, will come down and they'll listen to you and like, it's like a party. It feels like. It feels almost like like the forties, like swing jazz, where people would just play, like, <laughs> somebody's house and just you know, like, kind of like that in its own weird fucked up way, um, which is awesome, you know. That's cool. You guys ever think about doing like a music video there? Because you see a lot of like the the Chiodo's house videos kind of going back around, and that that's always fun to watch. We do have a video there yeah. actually. Yeah, nice. It was it was shot while we were doing uh, another video for one of our singles called Corroding. Uh, it was done at the same time, so we did it more of like kind of a, like a not DIY, but like it was more of us than it was like the actual house itself. There was there was not a lot of B roll of like the house and like people partying and stuff. It was just like live we asked them to basically film our set. Um, it's for the song back home. It's on Dreambound, so you can you get a little taste of what the house looks like there. But yeah, it's in a basement. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. Right now, all this stuff you gotta catalog of stuff to look through. I know, I guess yes. starting with Napoleon here. <laughs> Especially their newest record. Eh? Yeah. Oh. So question out there being from Canada. Um I'll go to the hockey one in a second. But this one is <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> this one is how many people out in Canada actually like Rush? Oh everyone. Everyone? Brad <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess everyone everyone over the age of fucking forty, I guess. Everyone but me. Oh my god. Dude, Dude, yeah. I'm I'm right I'm right there with you. So Rush, you're not the only one. I cannot listen I can listen to like maybe one and a half Rush songs without running to an Advil bottle. Oh well, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like twenty minutes. Uh is it uh, is it Getty Lee singing? You're not. It's, you don't yeah, it's, it's the vocals, it's, yeah, and like the it's the vocals mixed in with me trying to understand what he's saying, like get to the uh what he's singing about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's everything for me. I just don't like Rush. Fun yeah. fact, though, <laughs> uh, I guess people from Florida don't like to be asked about Leonard Skinner because they don't like him very much. Them very much. That's so. stu- that's stupid, though. Yeah. Everybody loves Skinner. Well, apparently not the. Do you, Do you guys love Skinner? I love Neil Young. I mean, I'm not gonna pick a side here because I got nothing to do with all that. Oh, they're doing this. Uh, hope Neil Young will remember. This is the Southern Man versus Sweet. Literally know anything from Leonard Skinner? Is the Freebird from Freebird? Yeah, you should you should look him up because they're probably one of the best bands ever. Freebird and (laughs) you know that's good enough for me. Yeah, well, I mean, you you got about Freebirds about the length of like six regular songs, so that's yeah, but enough. that's that's not their best song though. That's that's no, just, it's just their notorious song. That, yeah. yeah, that's the one that just gets on the radio. They right. have so For many more. American good songs. Woman is that Leonard Skinner? Uh, uh, that's uh, Lenny Kravitz, but it's close. It's very I mean, close. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz, Skinner. <laughs> so they're, they're the same same band. I'll yeah. give you effort points on that one. Fuck <laughs> 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 Can you sing, can you awesome. sing that song right now? 
fucking song so much. Yeah. American Woman. It's like my least favorite song ever. His uh, yeah, he he's he's been like, he was in and out of the music scene for a long time. But yeah, I remember back in when I was in what junior high school, that was always on the radio constantly. Yeah. Uh, well, I just watched Pitch Perfect three, and a Lenny Kravitz song was in there. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, Pitch Perfect yeah. three. Eh? Brad likes that series. Fucking <laughs> Brad. The only thing I can think of when I think of Lenny Kravitz is that picture of him, his leather pants. Oh, that, that ripped. <laughs> <laughs> On stage. I don't think about anything else. I don't think about his music. I just think about his hammer cock. <laughs> 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 his pants. He's like Macy Gray's uh, twin brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, Justin, ask the question, man. Just all right. stereotype so. him if you want. Being from, I'm gonna label from Canada. I feel like I feel like this is kind of like a crosstown rivalry here. Um, one, are you guys hockey fans? Oh yeah, oh yeah, huge okay. hockey. Okay, two, you guys are from Ottawa. Are we going with uh, you guys more Winnipeg type people? Are you guys Ottawa or Vancouver? Wait, Ottawa centers. Ottawa, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. I, I, I that was a it was a tough year to be a Sense fan, uh-huh. but last year was fucking great. They made it to the semifinals there. Yeah, they were good last season. I don't know what happened. I mean, and the Jets kind of came alive this season a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so I was, I was rooting for the Jets there. Absolutely. Um, Me too. But, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely huge hockey fans show. Oh, yeah. We we're, live like, fuck, I don't know. You can almost like, see where the Sens play from where we live. Yeah, it's like right down there. So we can just go and see games. We're very lucky. What? We can walk over there and watch some <laughs> hockey and walk, walk, walk home. What's the price of the tickets? Yeah, what's the, what's the cost? Yeah, so it's you can get like if you want to get some nosebleeds, you can get them for like thirty bucks if you want. Jeez. Oh, that's killer, dude! So we're we're L.A. Kings fans. Like we've we've always been since we were kids. Um, hate the Ducks, cannot stand yeah, them. Ducks, 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 dude. Yeah. Oh, right. Jeez, oh, don't even, that. This is a, I can rant on this for this, for years. This is how we go. Do you guys like uh, Corey Perry? No. More like yeah. more, more like <laughs> Katy Perry. Am yeah. I right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Don't be scared. Yeah, brutal, oh, man. Yeah, Perry's a Brad, fucking weasel. I hate him. Yeah. Brad, get up here. Brad, get up here. Brad, this is Brad. Hey. What's up, what's up Brad? So back to hating on Corey Perry. Okay. Right? We can all agree that we hate him. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. What's wrong with him? Yeah, he's a No one likes retired. pests from other teams. Everyone likes their own fucking pests. Yeah, yeah right? Like Clifford. So. Kyle Clifford, yeah, we love Kyle Clifford. He, he gets in <laughs> fights. Yeah, never wins, but we, he's endearing. Yeah, were you guys familiar with Chris Neal from Ottawa? He retired uh, this year, but yeah, yes. yeah, yep. Like as uh, fans of another team, like, do you hate him? No, because he they didn't play the Kings that often, so they didn't bother me yeah. while they were playing the Kings. But I always enjoyed watching him bother other people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it is. I think that is kind of like the law, though. Like you just hate all the pests on other teams, and but you love them if they're on your team. <laughs> that, that's that's true. That's very true. It's kind of like Peros on the decks. Everybody hated that guy too. Unless you're gonna lick people, then yeah, I don't know how you could you. like Marshawn. And like everybody hates Marshawn. Yeah, the Sedine sisters. We hate those guys. <laughs> they're done now. Yes, yeah, that's th- right. They retired. <laughs> Did you guys? So there's a game where they're playing. Um, it was Vancouver versus Calgary, and there was like a a seven minute fight in the beginning of the game. I think this was like three, two or three seasons ago. Awesome. 
And uh, if you listen to like the the goalies were mic'd up and you can hear them, like you see everyone just beating the shit out of each other in the middle of the rink and they go, hey, you want to? And the goalie's like, eh, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> just so casual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love hockey. Who are you guys pulling for, though, for the Stanley Cup? Vegas. Mixed opinions. Vegas. Vegas. How do you feel? I'm, I'm pretty happy with both the teams that are in the finals this year. I wouldn't really be too sad about either of them winning yeah, so yeah. i kind of want washington to win because i want ovechkin to get a cup yeah this but is, it would be cool to see vegas win on their first year so either way it'll be kind of neat to see what happens can we talk about the pregame like little diddly on the ice that okay yeah does. did it's, you guys did you guys watch that stupid, right the last fucked, dude the that freaking was absolutely fucked. Yeah. Yeah, we the, like right after it, and we we're like, dude, you just missed like this fucking whole spiel that Vegas did on their uh, there is their conference like, final. It was game, like right? five or ten. I feel like it was oh, like, like where they had the big the fucking gladiators. Or that's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and the guy was that, like shooting fireballs out of his ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. When he when they played the Jets, he brought out the the Knights on there, and they showed a jet on the on the uh, ice, like you know, he's fighting a jet. Oh yeah! Like <laughs> I hope that when they go to Washington, they just hit him with like a ten-minute montage of Ovechkin's career. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! It'll be something. All right. Well, we sidetracked here a little bit. Back to the music. I have one more question for you guys. How does your how does the creative process work for you guys? Do each of you guys like bring something different to the table, and then you just kind of weave it all together? Only let Brad answer this one. Man. Yeah, you Brad, wanna, uh, usually, it's uh, <clears throat> starts off with uh, Zach writing like uh, riffs, sort of thing. Usually, it just starts on guitar. That's the thing. And so, either well, I guess Wes, our other guitar player, also started a few songs as well. And we kind of just work through that idea and kind of like build it up together. So even though they'll bring an idea to band, we can either scrap it or we usually end up just turning it into what it should be or what it ends up becoming. But yeah, it's, it's from that idea and then everyone sort of leaves their own blood on it. Basically it's changed over the years. Um, we kind of, you kind of learn how to communicate as a band, you know, uh, not just argue over shit. And you realize like what works in the creative process and what doesn't work, you know, and we kind of have a rule of thumb where like no, idea is a bad idea sort of thing so okay. like, try everything so there's no uh no ringo star things going on here where you're just like oh that's no, cool no. Like this it's, gotten, <laughs> it's gotten to a point with us that like when even when i'm writing kind of like the embryonic stage of a song and uh i i don't get too invested in it like i used to try and write like until i had like a whole song that was like done and then i bring it to band but it, it was just useless time spent because when we bring it to band, it's like a thousand times better after the boys get their hands in it and Zane adds his kind of opinion in there, Brad, his, Patty, his, everybody has their opinions on the song and no matter what, it's going to change, right? So it's better to, it. it's not necessarily the more you bring of a song to the table, the better it's going to be in the end. That's not necessarily how it works. I think it's more important to have a good communication and not settle for a part that is just kind of subpar and like we all know in the back of our heads if a part is dope or if it's not you know um and just kind of having an open communication and just um not worrying too much about like for me at least when i write the actual beginning of the song to have it be done you know now when we write tracks we write like i'll, I'll write like a 
uh, intro, a verse, a hook, and like maybe a bridge, maybe. Usually just, it's probably just those three things and then we'll bring it to band and then, because I know it's going to get way better after that anyway. So why would I waste my time, you know? Yeah. Do you have, is there like any problems? Like if you guys don't like something, is there any problem like not saying that or like do you, do you hold it back and just kind of try to work with what it is i think like zach said uh in the beginning it was more of uh like definitely like let it be known for example oh okay, he just yeah. wrote him and brad just wrote that and then by, by the time that was written i joined and that was what we played and we recorded and then as time went on holland race is more of everyone collectively going at it um and then yeah farther down the line it just became everybody uh having their own opinions and like like they said just some very sometimes some more intricate ideas but sometimes just very basic outlines and kind of everyone getting their hands in there and plus sam and then plus you add a good producer on top of that kind of open form of communication and then you got a recipe for something good you know yeah yeah nice and then so the the vocals do do you guys have a say in the vocals or how the vocals are are sang or screamed or Totally. Yeah. Okay. Everybody has a, a hand in everything. You know, uh, Patty's vocals are are just as much on the chopping block as our song is to him. You know, like Patty can sit there while we're trying to flesh out a song and be like, hey, you know, uh, do this, do that, you know, like throw his opinion out there. And then once he starts to be the thing is about the vocals is you get an idea for it as we're practicing it. But we never really get the full effect until we start to do pre-pro. Right. Where with like the writing of the song, we're doing that all live, right? Like we're all kind of doing it. Like, yeah, Patty's probably jotting down his lyrics and like we can hear what he's doing when we're jamming it and we can get like a bit of a feel for it, but we don't really get into it until it becomes like the pre-production and the actual production of the record that you really start to get into it, right? Because the vocals, it's, you know, we, we then you get to be like, okay, what exactly are you saying here? Like what exactly, what's your melody going to be on this, you know? And like, so it's kind of funny, like his, for for Patty at least, he gets to kind of forefront his opinion on the songwriting at first, and then we kind of do the same thing to him when we actually hit the studio, you know, so it kind of works. That's cool. So it's all it's all very uh, coherent, not just the music, but you guys are too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's a team, it's a team game for sure for us. That's awesome. That's because uh, you hear about a, a lot of like dysfunctionality in bands, like there's this happens too, like with just creative people in general. You put a lot of them in the same room together, and everyone wants to be like the most creative person. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then the basis gets forgotten about. And then the basis yeah. gets. <laughs> Brad, Brad, do you take the most crap from them uh, being the bassist? Actually, who takes the most crap anymore? We pass uh, that torch around every now. And then. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's a, it's a shared burden. Say, so it's not just the bassist. No, no, no. Wes has the torch right now. <laughs> yeah. He uh so the future of mayfield where where do you guys see yourselves you know a couple years down the line where would you like to be Chet? touring a lot touring more yeah we've kind of uh that's been a, a tough thing for us in the past is kind of getting our feet on the road uh, but now you know we got our visas and we feel uh kind of a little bit more free to kind of tour out there and uh, really kind of stretch our arms out to people who have wanted to see us play live before and we've never 
been able to, and uh, we just want to keep touring. Yeah, we're going to try to make up for last time. Like, we're yeah. going to be doing a lot of touring in the U.S. Uh, as of very, very soon, and just as much as we can. It's hard, too, because we all live on our own, and we have cars, and we have jobs, and it's hard to, like, just it's to, hard to balance everything. You just know quit them. And, like, <laughs> this band has been self-funded since the beginning, and we've sunk a lot, a lot of money into it. So finding time to, uh, finding lifestyles, I guess, that we can all have where we're able to, at our leisure tour when we want has been, uh, you know, we've been cultivating that up to this point. I think we have a pretty good system going now. And uh, yeah, so we're going to take advantage of that and tour as much as we can. Nice. Yeah, because that's always a challenge you hear about too. We, uh, We were talking to, do you guys ever listen to Hope's Fall? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We were talking to uh, Adam Morgan, the drummer of Hope's Fall. We had him on a, a couple months ago, and he was saying that they went on a break. But what got them all back together was that they were all just in a bowling league, and uh, they just got bored and went home, started jamming after bowling practice and having a beer. And then the music just started coming together. So they called Jay up, and that's what got them back on the scene. That's beautiful. That's a wonderful story. That's sick. <laughs> right right but i mean like <laughs> yeah but i mean like they're, they're talking about it is hard to like you know balance your work life and having kids and all that stuff so you know the, the struggle yeah, is real luckily none of us have kids i think that would fucking be the, the nail in the coffin i hope us, i hope that happens to us in 30 years we're all just bowling together getting drunk in our 30s uh, in, in your th- <laughs> well, you guys you guys you guys are bowling now it's cool and that's like how your best record is born exactly all right cool guys well uh do you guys want to do any kind of plug for yourselves before we uh sign off here probably just keep checking up on our facebook for uh what we got um at least for what we got where we're touring upcoming um and uh i mean check out our new music video for blossom that we dropped uh last week um and anything after that just you know keep on living life and when they look you up on iTunes, you are not the soul singer or the rap group. No, no, they can do that. <laughs> okay, all right. No, we just we just gotta clarify. You know, they're, they're oh, the next rush yeah. coming the, out of Canada. The next rush right here, calling they're, it now. Their new album first. will come with a bottle of Tylenol. <laughs> 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 um, all right, cool guys. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, this has been another. So yeah. Yeah, this has been another episode of Topic Ocalypse, and we're joined by Mayfield. You guys are fantastic. Thank you. You guys are fantastic as well. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Justin. Where will you go when you realize that I'm a lost hope? I know that you know it. You try not to show it. It's okay. I don't blame you. I blame myself and my indecisions. Themselves. We felt like
slow enough that you just cope with it Finding comfort in the pain I don't wanna keep you from what you deserve I'm not worth it anyway Where will you go? Blossom by Mayfield. You can find the track on iTunes or you can listen to it on YouTube. Mm, nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. Topicocalypse listeners, act now and get 15% off your order today just by entering the promo code POD3, that's P-O-D and the number 3 at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. All right, cool, guys. Well, thank you so much. If you're looking for this podcast, you can find it on iTunes, podcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, and I'm sure I'm missing like 12 other outlets there. But go ahead and just put Topicocalypse into the Internet and we'll, something will come up. Uh, you can find us on the Internet at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time. It has been Justin's pleasure to serve you. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Later. Late. Uh, yeah. See you.